Hi, I'm Rob Vanstone, and welcome to the 53rd edition of the Rider Rumblings video podcast. Video podcast. That's not easy to say. No wonder I'm in print. Um, each week, we honor a current or former member of the Rough Riders whose uniform number corresponded to the number of the podcast. This week, number 53, Canadian Football Hall of Famer Jack Abenshan. And a fine guard, a fine kicker. Who's and a current Rough Rider? Philip Blake. Philip Blake. Uh, right guard? I think Gravishan was a right guard. It's, it's guards today. Guards That's, day today on the exactly. podcast. Um, under the Montreal Expos hat, our nomadic Rough Rider reporter, Marie McCormick, began the day in Saskatoon, <laughs> finishes the day in Regina. He will make untold sacrifices for the benefit of the newspaper and the podcast. Murray's uh, back in studio for the first time since 1904. Yeah, I'm proud to be part of the hat trick. Not bad. Isn't that bad? Under the Philadelphia <laughs> Phillies hat, is wearing it. With uh, misplaced pride, uh, Dylan Aris. Dylan uh, did a work experience with us back in 2011. Um, I was still old back then. Um, he's currently attending the University of Virginia's Journalism School. He's covered the Rough Riders for the Canadian Press. He's had rider season tickets basically since uh, his mother Edie gave birth. <laughs> not, Pretty much. Not far from that. Uh, just a tremendous young man and one day is going to take my job. Perhaps very soon. So Dylan... Today. Today. Dylan, I apologize for the wardrobe, but thanks for being with us. Oh, good to be here. I got me out of bed early, got some sun for the first time in a week. It's been a good time. It's a good time. And, and I'm wearing, proudly wearing the Denver Nuggets hat, saluting Canada's team, the Denver Nuggets, featuring Jamal Murray of Kitchener, Ontario. Well, good for Jamal, but we all know Canada's team is. How many Canadians on that team do anything? They don't. They've got one token Canadian who doesn't even play. Who is a token Canadian? I, I don't even remember his name. But I looked at the <laughs> roster. They have a Canadian who is who is whose playing time in the NBA playoffs has equaled mine. So yeah, it's probably got Canada's the same team, vertical Jamal too. Murray. This is the Golden State Warriors chapter in Canada over here. <laughs> Man. Dylan and I are cheering for the Warriors. <laughs> oh, you guys are so alone. It's so much fun. This is, I don't know. It's just fun. I was at a bar the other night having dinner and people in there cheering the game on. It's just nice to see all those Canadians unifying behind a Toronto team that's not the Maple Leafs. Chris Hodges told me a great story yesterday. He was at a local establishment and they were playing the Raptors game on every TV screen. And he asked one of the one of the people, if they could put the the Stanley Cup final game on. And the response was, no, the Raptors are hot. People want to rap, watch the Raptors. And, and Chris responded, well, this was a replay of the previous day's game. <laughs> <laughs> so I presume eventually they got I to the NHL true. game. But that's, <laughs> such is the extent of Raptors yep. hysteria. Uh, we are here, ostensibly here to discuss football, so we shall do that. First, I have to insert a bit of a um, qualifier. We've had numerous comments as to the lack of... Uh, shall we say, splendor on our set. Have we? Um, I've gotten lots of comments like, where are you shooting this thing? We are shooting it in an, in, an, in an editor's office. The problem being the Leader Post building is under renovation and we've been temporarily or not so temporarily bounced from our normal podcast lodgings, which included lots of sports memorabilia, lots of sports photos in the background, George Reed, Ron Lancaster, Sandra Schmirler, etc. So once we get the building uh, under control construction-wise, we will have a nice plush set. And then we okay. could stop using our song, Rob's World, Rob's World, <laughs> Rob's World. This is, this is just like Wayne's World stood in someone's basement. It does look like that. Or if you look at NBC's coverage of the Kennedy assassination on November 22nd, 1963, <laughs> they had an impromptu set 
Chet Huntley, Bill Ryan, and Frank McGee. And their paneling for the coverage of the Kennedy assassination looked pretty much like this. It's on YouTube. Except it wasn't in color like we are. We're in fabulous color, I would bet. High definition. High definition. Anyway. We're anyway, just... turning to football. Um, Riders versus Don't Calgary. ask me about Friday's game. You were there for the historic point. The only player to score a point for the Rough Riders this season is no longer here. So is there any hope? Well, I think, well, Their meal ticket is gone. Yeah, I think you got hurt. And that is like one of the worst. I think one of the people on the sidelines got hurt by that That kid. was uh, poor. You feel kind of sorry for the guy because he's, he's almost like a Brett Lowther story. And, you know, Brett Lowther kicked around, kicked around, kicked around. And Felix has been, Felix Bernard, Bernard Brier had been around four other teams trying to get on there. And he looked pretty good in when he was kicking the opportunities. And then he does that, and you go, then he probably hurt himself. And they brought in uh, Stringer from the U of S, because he was a pretty good punt kicker. Stanger, Stinger. Stinger, sorry. Stinger from the U of S. So I guess he was a pretty good kicker for them. So they need a leg to keep things going. So I think that's probably why they brought him in. But yeah, Friday's game, Thursday's game was a. Uh, the way I kind of thought, it's, it's funny, and I mentioned this to one of the guys at Tringa. They never played like that in training camp. That wasn't, that wasn't the team I watched for hours upon hours practicing and doing things and maybe because the veterans in there was a little bit more but they're doing it against themselves so yeah, they, they should be yeah they, they can't what beat yourself you can extract from that that went value i don't know do you think there's value in exhibition games rob do you think <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so down on them <laughs> no. 900 words of saying why you shouldn't have watched that game oh That's good for a laugh <laughs> were you able to were you able to stay awake from that game I was. That was that was heroism at its finest. It's football, though. It's still football. Well, by the by, the end of the second half, it wasn't football, or even midway through the second half, or midway through the second quarter, it really didn't resemble football. Um, but one thing, though, can I, I just I hate to interrupt you, but I want to give kudos to the CFL. They they handled that smoke situation. When I was out there at two thirty or three, you couldn't have played a football game. It was that smoke. It was like drinking the air. The air quality was so bad. And then the CFL was patiently, and around 5 o'clock, things started to clear. Delaying the game for half an hour was the right idea. And I think they would have made a mistake if they'd canceled it at the time. But I can honestly say from Thursday to about kickoff, I've never been in a place with that much smoke. I've never experienced anything like that. So, And you worked in the Leader Post newsroom when everybody used exactly, to smoke. Exactly, yeah. And the air quality, I, think, I don't know how good the air quality was, but it was clear by the end. And Sometimes the CFL gets slammed for doing things, maybe not reacting the right way. But I know on that one, they did the, they did the right thing by holding the kickoff. Unfortunately, the riders were on fire and it kind of hurt them a little bit. Dylan, you live and die with this football team. Um, what do you make of Friday's game? Does it really matter in the overall scheme of things? I don't think so. I never take stock in preseason football. And that's because of the Detroit Lions in 2007. They were 4-0, and then the regular season started. They didn't win a game. They lost them all. So I don't. I would just. I was trying to think of a wrestling analogy for what we saw. This I hired, week. hired Mike Sharp versus Hulk Hogan. Maybe I, I was going to say Barry Horowitz. Barry Horowitz. Versus Hulk Hogan. Yes, that was. Or just... Barry Horowitz versus Andre the Giant. Yeah. Or um, Dixie Dragon versus <laughs> versus uh, Alexander Prime. How's that? Well, when Prime was in his prime, he's not in his prime. Alexander anymore. Prime is so great. Murray, save Hulk the Hogan. podcast. We're already talking Hulk wrestling. Hulk Hogan. I'm just exhausted by whole wrestling repertoire of names. You, you need more of a command of wrestling for our upcoming wrestling podcast. All right, I'll take us back to football. Sorry. What do you want me to talk about? I was at practice this morning, and it was uh, 
Yesterday was kind of, I'm sorry. Does it w- matter? Like, they've already played a preseason game, and now they're having these practices. They're playing against themselves again after performing so dismally against an actual opponent. What are they accomplishing by practice? Who cares if Zach Caleros does this or that during practice? Who cares if Watford or Cody Fajardo does anything in practice? The first audition outweighs subsequent practices by several thousand pounds, does it not? I have... But I don't quite. You're saying so they shouldn't have practiced. Well, what, what what can we glean from that? Practice until they play again. Yeah. Well, who cares if somebody looked good in practice? How did they perform in the game? Everybody who played in the game, with the possible exception of of Cody Fajardo and Jamal Morrow and uh, Dion King. I like Dion King. Dion King and uh, James, James Butler was pretty good too. Except the, for the one play where he had yeah. a, caught the short pass. All he had to do was put his head down and get the first down. He started. Dancing yeah. and they had to punt. Actually, those two backs are almost interchangeable. They're both the same size, same age. They do the same things equally well or equally bad, and they're both so. And they're not William Powell, so it really no, doesn't matter. Really, that's, that's <laughs> everyone's going, oh, these guys, I think they're saying, oh, these guys are going to be the starting backs. I'm going, well, it doesn't matter, guys. It's William Powell, yeah. Marcus Thigpen, and for some reason, Keenan, Keenan LaFrance is in that mix, too. And I know it was bad. I kept trying to figure out why he was in the game late in the game. On that, I don't know why. Why a veteran would be playing? I was unconscious by then. Murr oh, was he you, in the game? You with missed that? some great stuff. There. <laughs> but I, I would just, I'm going to throw this. Cody. I am been impressed with Cody Fajardo, and I think he went up there as a guy battling for a spot, arguably, and came out with the spot. And that's sometimes what football as well is coming up best in the competition when the game demanded him to be on there. And I know it's putting a little bit more pressure and more uh, weight on this game than not. He had a good drive. In fact, he didn't score from the one-yard line, which is right in his wheelhouse. Is a concern, but Cody Fajardo went up to Saskatoon and won himself a job as the backup quarterback. Now, does he take all the concerns away if Zach gets hurt? No. You never know. My but, my concern is he he yeah he did great, but he would he was running too much. It was one read, and then you got to scramble out of the pocket. One read, scramble out of the pocket. I don't know what was going on if he was. He's probably panicked, you know, he's probably nervous maybe. But I really don't like that in the quarterback because you got to make your reads. I don't think he's going to get away with some of that stuff once the bullets start to fly for real. He did make some good completions to extend drives. He extended the drives a couple of times with his legs. Yeah, He made some nice throws. There was one time that he made a nine-yard nine throw to, to McCoy. Uh, they were short by yard and they punted. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure how you get a read on your quarterback punting on third and one. In a preseason game. In a preseason game. That was a stranger. I thought they should It was been. a long yard. But it's a preseason. Give the kid a chance to show if he can convert a yard. Yeah. Um, that was puzzling to me. There was an early in the game, he put a pass right on the money to Kyran Moore. Pass was dropped. They end up punting. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the play didn't work on third and goal from the one yard line. But there were other plays that he made work. And, and, I, I think, and sometimes he, he wasn't done any favors. And I, I don't like to disagree with our esteemed guest here, but I thought they made good, effective use of his legs. I thought when he was running, he had he ran well. Uh, yeah. David Watford, you know, in a suspicious debut, gets sacked and fumbles on the first play, and then it's just his accuracy is a little off in my mind. If you watch his passes again and you see that game, the receivers were reaching down, they were jumping up, they weren't like on the spot, so it kind of throws a little bit of accuracy issues and it makes an explanation why he's been separated the other way from. Uh, Cody, I know. Sorry, I, I, Isaac Harker kind of impressed me with his rollout and his passes when he threw a couple of nice sideline passes and he made the good reads. He throws like a guy who's used to being an offense throwing the ball a lot. 
Ty Gange. So, so, so he's probably not a good fit for this offense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, sorry, I had to interject for that yeah, one. But and Ty Gange, Jan, Gange, he didn't get enough chances to even show what he could do. I think he had six plays. So I, I really, you know, he's not even in the mix. On uh, Thursday, when the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are here, we're going to see more veterans. We're going to see Zach Clarence probably the full half, maybe into the, into the third quarter, if we're lucky. <laughs> and most of the veterans are going to play. It's it's time to get ready to play the regular season. And the games for the young prospects are over, albeit for a little bit in the second half. But now it's good to see. So we'll get a better read on what the Riders' offense is, their defense, and those kind of things on Thursday than we did on Friday. What do you expect to see or what do you hope to see on Thursday, Dylan? Just Caleros to get out of the game healthy. I'm just really concerned for his health. Not as a football player, but as a person. Like, I think with his history of concussions, it's obviously it's not good. And I thought, honestly, I thought he should have hung it up, to be honest with you guys. Because with his amount of concussions... It comes down to quality of life, and if you struggle with that, it's not, I'm not going to say there's no point to life, but it's tough. It would be tough. I just hope he stays healthy. Maybe they fire up the offense a bit. I doubt when it comes to the riders and firing up the offense, what is it? Like, how do you... Burning the playbook would fire up (laughs) the offense. it's a... Got a match? Yeah. Yeah. The hitch screens, the... It's like the riders play scared. They play like they're waiting for something bad to happen. They have since McAdoo came here. And by the looks of the first game, they're doing it again. Like, how do you evaluate these quarterbacks? You can't really... If you're throwing hit screens and little five-yard passes... Like, give him a chance to make a few plays. We don't know. As as well as Cody Fajardo played on Friday... We don't know if he can actually throw a pass that is beyond first down yardage. Exactly. We don't know if he can throw an intermediate length pass. Exactly. That's the, but, the, he wasn't called upon to do it. The, the longest pass he threw in the air covered 10 yards. I can offer a bit of an argument to that point. It's they have to evaluate the guys getting the ball too. And how are you going to evaluate a running back or someone if you're always going deep? You've got to do these little shorter passes to get the playmakers, so-called playmakers, a chance to show their stuff. So... I kind of think sometimes the conservatism is part of the evaluation. And if you don't, I know. But five out of 35 passes beyond 10 yards? Well, I, yeah, I know. But so you got to see what Butler and Morrow could do. That was that's, one of the, that's like Dean Griffin era type aerial football. I know. It's not, not like hard to, it's hard to defend what happened and what they did. And I'm just, that's what I feel. It's, it's very easy to defend, actually. Yeah, it is. Very, uh, and, you know, in the first half, and at Calgary's, one, two, and threes were better than the Riders. One, two, and threes. So and that's yeah. another issue that, you know, okay, yes, Calgary started Bo Levi Mitchell and some of the regulars were in early. And I know I know Craig Dickinson discussed this at training camp, but the game evolved not too far into the proceedings to a point where it was twos and threes versus twos and threes. And when there are so few players among the Rough Riders recruits who really distinguish themselves. I was. Th- what does that tell you about the recruiting? And when this is such a veteran-laden team and you know there's going to be a cha- got to be a changing of the guard or the tackle before too long, what does that say about the next group coming up when they looked so overmatched against essentially their peer group? I was thinking the same thing because on, on defense especially, 
Calgary was running wide open the entire time. From the first play on, it seemed like they had guys running wide open. There wasn't a rider within 10 yards. It's like, what do you, what is wrong with the recruiting? Why can Calgary recruit all these guys? It's just a pipeline of players coming in and you know, they lose some and you think their dynasty, I guess, is over. And they just keep coming in and pumping guys out. Why can't Saskatchewan do that? Why not the Rough Riders? What's wrong with our process? Well, first off, it wasn't a st- wasn't a single starter among the defensive players, other than Chad Jeter on the front line. So that's explains a lot, I think. Other than and Chad Jeter didn't have a very big of a game, I thought. Yeah, and the only starter on the secondary was Mike Mike Eatham, and, and he ended up getting hurt. And Derek Moncrief was on Willie linebacker. So they had, had Dyshawn Davis looked okay. Yeah, so I don't that. know. I don't. I didn't really know. I I thought. Moncrief almost had on that first play with to uh, Bo Levi that first pass. Moncrief was within a whisker of having the sack. It was just a nice release by Bo Levi. And I, oh, because at first you thought it was King, but it was Moncrief. And then a couple of plays later, King had a couple of nice plays. <laughs> Can we say plays? I don't know whether they were on defense, but a play, a play. I don't know. I, we're going back over this game again, over and over again. I know it's hard because it's all we've ever seen, but you know, I think. Thursday is going to be a big step up for them. They're going to have to step up. All these veterans are going to have to do show what they've been doing, what I've seen them doing in camp. And I, I have to admit, like Ed Gainey's had a, had an incredible camp. Three, at least three picks, some knockdowns. It looks like he's back in form. Uh, another guy that's really kind of impressed me, and I know, is, is Corey Watson. I thought this third. Why would they sign a thirty-five-year-old veteran of half a dozen or three or four different teams? And why couldn't they bring in someone better? And he, he arguably might be the best receiver for them the whole time, which is. I don't know if it's bad or good, but he was uh, he was that good. He's impressive. He's smooth. I was really like the way he played. So, Even against Calgary, he had a nine yard run. Yeah. So he's wow. he's he's. I I just said you and I we, we talked about when we they signed him. It was so weird that they would sign this guy, but he was impressive. He was and then I kind of saw you know the guys like Kyran Moore and Katie Cannon and Shaq Evans who's battling a shoulder surgery. So he, I don't know what his status. They weren't as consistent as Corey Watson was, and Naaman Naaman Roosevelt was pretty consistent, but. It was kind of, uh, to see Corey Watson, that was a bit of a surprise for me. i got to bring up the quote uh, from Craig Dickinson, referred to <laughs> the offense won't be a lot of hucking and chucking. Hucking and chucking. Um, so what are we going to get, dinking and diamond? <laughs> Grunting and Can we putting? say that on a podcast? Grunting and pinking? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, I, I saw that quote. Initially, it was, oh, wow. But then I realized... A, that is the Stephen McAdoo offense. If Stephen McAdoo is your offensive coordinator, that's what it's going to be. Not only that, when you look at their personnel on offense, what choice did they have but to embrace that philosophy? You can't tell me that if they'd signed Bo Levi Mitchell that Craig Dickinson would have been talking about a an offense that wouldn't yeah. be hucking and chucking. If they had the quarterback, if they had the receivers, I think they would tailor their philosophy accordingly. But they don't. They've got William Powell, a very good running back. They've got a very good offensive line. Their quarterbacking is average on a good day. And their receiving core is so-so. So given the the personnel, what choice do they have? Dylan? Oops. Oops. I'm, I'm beating up the set. Sorry. Dylan, save this program. What, what are you, your thoughts on that quote? What do you want? They're, they're nothing. That's the McAdoo offense. They don't have any. There's no firepower. There was at the beginning of last year, but they played their best receiver at corner, so that kind of ruined that, and they haven't really replaced the outgoing guys. Like when you cut Corey Grant, or Bakari Grant, sorry, you don't, you need to replace him. You need to have an idea in mind. 
It just it's going to be the same as last year. I mean, when you look at it, last year when Deron Carter was with the Rough Riders, he scored as many touchdowns on passes from Trevor Harris as he did from Zach Kalaros. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they they had some weapons, and in t- 2017 they led the league in touchdown passes. And it seemed like, well, that won't do at all. So they changed the quarterbacking situation and 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 fired or cut, cut a bunch of veteran receivers. And in defense of Stephen McAdoo, I'm not sure what he had at his disposal last year to create anything. Three what rookies. can you do? What can you do with that receiving core? Three rookies. And Naaman Roosevelt yeah. getting injured toward the end of the year. So, yeah. um, and if you're Stephen McAdoo, take a look at the, the playoff game against Winnipeg. Naaman Roosevelt, wide open, pass hits upright. Naaman Roosevelt, wide open on the left side of the end zone, pass hits gainer. So <laughs> what are you going to do when it's there? It's the right call. Even with the limited talent, the the play, the play succeeds as designed. And then the throw ends up on Mars. What are you going to do when you don't have the personnel? I still Is have... he not somewhat encumbered by the... Or was he not somewhat encumbered by the personnel last year? Exactly. There's no weapons. There, and you can't... These, I don't think the guys are getting open either. Even if you call, were to call a long route or something, who knows if they're getting open. I try to watch, but my eyes are... I need binoculars at the Ryder game, I'll just tell you that. And I can't tell if they're getting... Roosevelt, okay, I still have nightmares about that playoff game. He catches those two touchdown passes. The Riders probably win. I know it's beating a dead horse at this point, but there's, there's nothing. Shaq Evans... NFL draft pick, didn't play a game, hasn't scored a touchdown in his professional career. I know you bring up one yard line or whatever, that's still not a touchdown. That still didn't count. Well, in 1981, Joey Walters got stopped at the one yard line four times, but he crossed the goal line 14 times. I'll take that as opposed exactly. to stopped at the one line, one yard line two or three times. Yeah, exactly. There's no, there's no weapons. There isn't. There's none. Like, I'm trying to think. What do you think? Like, I'm Roosevelt. That's it. Maybe some of these rookies can step I up. I wonder about well, KD Cannon. I really think they might have something there. Yes, but part of the issue, too, is their two rookies signed their draft picks, their big picks, Lennis and McInnes, weren't there. Weren't the training camp. McInnes showed up on Sunday. It looked okay on, on Monday. looked better. But, you know, he's just another tall, lanky receiver. He's, he's no 200 pounds, that's for sure. He's pretty slender. He needs to... He needs to put on a few. <laughs> last guy I should say about putting on weight, <laughs> but he needs to put on a few lbs. And, I will withhold comment on on weight. Thank yes, you. Yes, but uh, so the, those guys weren't there to have an opportunity to work, so they're going to be behind the eight ball right off the bat. But they weren't going to impact the offense right no. away anyway, were they? Well, you like to think they might have been, able but not to... to the point that an import slot back could. Yeah, you know. Well, you... Manny Arsenal started off really hot, that and he was kind of testing his knee a lot, and you no know, good for him, but. They, yeah, what's they, the timetable there? They, I, I'm thinking he's still gonna, he may start. He may start. They, they kind of slow. May start the regular season. Yeah, I think so, but I'm not because they kind of. Like curta- has, he been, has he been practicing? Yeah, he did No, not full bore. They, they kind of curtailed him a little bit because they knew they saw what he did that first day when he kind of jumped into some drills when he shouldn't have. He wasn't his turn, and and he had made those nice catches, and it was great to see. But they've kind of cut him back a little bit, and that makes sense. I think. There's a lot of the people been cut back, like Brandon Labatt's been been cut back, hasn't been practicing as much. And Zach Evans is another guy that's been set down, and Manny Arsenal and these guys. So they've they've kind of been taking it on the vets and bringing them back to a little, 
although they don't have to play them because they know what they can do. So they don't, they practice, training camp's a long grind, so we maybe give them a bit of a break. I don't know. I'm going to mention this. I don't know what's up with Solomon Aluminium. At first, I, was, I gave him the first week to go do CBA stuff and then get back here and get settled. And then Why now, did that take an entire week? I don't know. They rat, they ratified the deal, and he still wasn't in camp. Well, none, I don't think any of the reps were, because there was another rep I heard who was gone about the same, well, even longer. They gave usually they, most of the reps got until the Monday after the CBA was signed. And I'm not saying I'm one of sure, but it seemed to be that was the sense of they got. But and now he has a, a calf injury, and having been a guy who's hurt my calf more than once, that doesn't heal quickly because you can pull it just walking up the stairs. So how did he injure his calf? That's yeah, a good question. That's you injure your calf while talking to teams about a well, collective bargaining agreement? Yeah, maybe jumping well, off. What did he do? Jump, I think it, it was jumping off the collective bargaining agreement and jumping back on. Like, yeah. Was he hurt? I heard somewhere where he, was, where he may have been injured working out before before camp or something. Or do you, well, do you know the origin of that calf injury? No, no one seems to. Or the to severity we of haven't, it? I've seen him. I saw him the day they, the first day of training camp, I saw him walking back to the dorm. And I said, hi, hi. And he said, he's going to talk to teams, which I thought was normal because of the CBA. I saw them the next weekend at the uh, mock scrimmage. He was on the sideline, and the Sunday morning he was there, and I haven't seen him since. Hmm. And Craig, Craig Dickinson threw out the fact he was going to get an MRI on this. So it's one of these things. Maybe they signed damaged goods, or maybe he just hurt himself working out because he sure didn't look like he'd hurt himself on the field. But they haven't specified as to how this happened? No, or? not even a... Hmm. And Craig Dickinson is forthcoming. He is. That's so what surprises. It me. is very surprising that and he says he, he kind of he hasn't said he's, they don't. He doesn't seem to know. So like he often says, "I don't know what happened." So, mind you, the way it looks now, this Dion King could be in the middle for a little bit. But they may go. I think they may go Cameron Judge too on uh, Thursday night. It'll probably be Cameron Judge in the middle a little bit more, and Deshaun Davis is weak side, and uh, Derek Moncrief is a strong side linebacker. So. But I like Dion King. He gives him the import or international. I'll always call them imports. I fall into that trap way too often. Always, I'm Sorry. very, I'm very concerned about the linebackers without Solomon, especially. Yeah, uh, you're missing Sam McGuavin in there, who was an absolute monster last year, and without Solomon, it's. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's not looking good, because judging by the first preseason game, I don't know how much you can take from that. But I am concerned. There is a great concern there. Plus, he missed all but four games last year. Exactly. And he turns 33 before the time the season's exactly. over. So he's got to get on the field and get playing. Yeah. But with the front four, do you need any linebackers? Gonna have... <laughs> uh, this is the Canadian Football League with a wide, wide expansive <laughs> yeah, field. Know, you... but, the, but the front four is going to be solid. I don't think there's going to be too many. Or front six, whatever, because of the rotation. And the secondary, defensive backs, experienced and solid again. Nick Marshall quietly had a very solid camp. Just you rarely saw it. He had a couple. I think he had three picks. And uh, I said I mentioned only three Ga- picks against that quarterbacking. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, Danny Lucius Purifoy is you know, playing solidly, and he's going to have a whole season with them. It looks like Creston Butler with Eli Buka backing him up, but and Mike Edom, and there's about there's going to be a million safeties out there. So. How is Mike Edom? He's good. Well, he's, he's not playing this weekend, but he's fine. I talked to him today. I talked to him. And he said he's going to be okay. It's just a, sh- it's a shoulder thing. Now, they always say they're okay. No one guy ever comes up to me and says, no, I hurt my shoulder. I'm never going to play again. No, they just, Edom's going to be fine, supposedly. Just like Brendan Labatt hasn't practiced, he's going to be fine. But it's just, I Craig's a little different than Craig Jones, Chris Jones. 
I've been watching training camp every day, and I keep saying to the boy, by this time of training camp, Chris would have said, I've had 600 reps. And I'd be surprised if they had 300 under Craig. I'm not saying that's a good thing or bad thing. It's just a different way of preparing the guys. I prefer the high intensity, really going hard practices. So you get that's when you, that's why the riders get strong in the second half of the season or got stronger. It's because of this hard practices. But sometimes, you know, being a little more laid back, a little less pushing might work. I don't know. But the other day, and correct me if I'm wrong, Craig Dickinson was also heard to lament the the team's conditioning. Yeah. As it related to the game against Calgary. So is that... That's because they're indica- chasing them the whole is game. That an, <laughs> is that an indication that they weren't pushing them enough in training camp? Obviously it is, but it's also an indication... But how do you Calgary do the double killing. barrel when, you're, when, half your, when you don't, we don't have any Canadian receivers to... Like you're going to yeah. absolutely exhaust your receivers with a depleted receiving core. Can you even realistically do the double barrel in training camp when you've got... Mitch Picton on the shelf for a considerable period. Justin McKinnis, Braden Lennius. I mean, yeah. I, I did didn't they have enough people to do less, it? Lavoie. Yeah, Lavoie, Lavoie. I didn't notice there was any less participations in the double barrels because of the numbers, but those are good points. So, yeah, I don't think Craig was – he didn't get mad, but he wasn't happy with the uh, the way things are going. Like, pads are tough. It's a tough – training camp's a hard time. It's not easy going to training camp. It's, you know, it's two and a half hours, and they go to work, and they get a little tired. So it kind of Dylan, was, what do you what do you make of Craig Dickinson? I I, I love the honesty. I love the, I, Craig Dickinson gets it, and uh, you're looking at it strictly from the constituency of a fan until you take my job um, today, which may have already been negotiated. Yeah. Uh, what do you what do you make of the new coach? Um, I like him so far. I have no complaints. I always I wait till the regular season, preseason. You can't tell nothing. Like it's the games aren't real. I noticed he wears his headset like around his neck. He doesn't, so I figured that was kind of funny. Um, other than that, as long as he's as good as Dave, I'll have nothing to complain about. <laughs> okay, you said that the games aren't real, and that seems to irk you. Yet you're a fan of wrestling, which isn't real. So make up your mind. Is re- <laughs> it just is not being real a good just, thing or okay, a setback? I get people. They panic over preseason and how badly it's gone. And although this year they've been pretty good, I've noticed some calmness amongst the fan base. But they don't matter. It, it doesn't matter. Well, we just spent a whole forty-five yeah, minutes talking about a game that didn't matter. But but they, but they haven't won a preseason game since twenty fourteen. I know they were zero and two last year. I mean, and what did that mean? In nineteen seventy nine, they won their first preseason game and they went two and fourteen. So who cares? And they won. How they they won re- their opener in Calgary. How do you too. remember that? Like what? It was what Ronnie's first game as a okay. Was the head coach? Didn't Sorry. they get killed in Calgary in two thousand nine? And they ended up going to the Great Cup. It was one of those years. They got absolutely wrecked in Calgary, and they ended up going to the Great Cup. And I remember after one of those preseason games, oh Durant doesn't have it anymore. This and that guy doesn't have it anymore. They end up going to the Great Cup. I wonder how that would turn out for him. Are we talking about that one? Ooh. I think this is a good note to end our program. <laughs> I think we've lost whatever audience we may have had anyway, so we do apologize. My mom, my mom will watch. Edie is watching. All the way through. Can I throw a little kudos Saskatoon's way for another great training camp? And I know it's it's hard to believe that they have an incredible facility with the Griffith Stadium other than the track. Lots of people there interested and invested in the riders, and it's a, 
a good thing they make that trip up there regularly to give the Saskatoon people a sample of what they got. But why don't they get some golf carts or some bikes for the players? Exactly. Why I know. do players have to ask for bikes? It used to be cute. It's sort of like it's sort of a, you know a bit of a fun thing to do. I think yeah, they should somehow some way to but get them back and forth. That's when I I have to admit I saw Max uh, Zimmerman two ends please, and uh, <laughs> he was walking to the. This was very early in training. He was walking to the cafeteria, and I was walking. I said, I think I can take you in a race. And he laughed because he had a bit of a sprained ankle and was hobbling a little bit. But I, can't, I, was, I thought that was kind of weird. An injured guy would have to walk to the – but he it came back and stuff. But no, I don't – we don't – we like Saskatoon, but I've been there for a while. And it's been, I love Saskatoon. My godson great, lives in Saskatoon. It's a great city. That river walk is an awesome thing to do, and uh, it's some pretty good restaurants too. Football foodie is going on a diet tomorrow. So, any final thoughts, Dylan? Um, can I have a record prediction? Uh, sure. What record would you like to hear? Uh, <laughs> Born to Run. ACDC, Highway to Hell. Hmm. Uh, how about Eric Church, 61 Great Songs? Oscar Peterson, uh, Oscar Peterson Trio with the London House. Jazz is great, awful. Great. I session. agree with finding something oh. Dylan and I agree with. Oh. Just, you're not very cultured. I, I, am, I am the one refined musical listener on this panel. Um, Don't forget to forget anything. Murray McCormick. Oh, by the way, uh, Dylan, for Dylan Harris for joining us in the podcast today. We, when Daryl Daryl Rommel was here from CTV, we gave him a, a present. It was a uh, autographed Johnny Manziel jersey, John, Texas John. Texas A and M. So we have a special gift for you, Dylan, as well. Oh, we have this book on the California Golden Seals that oh, I thought you might enjoy. Yeah. I gave this to I you. went out of my way to make sure that you had this book, and I hope you enjoy reading I it. I gave this to you a year ago, and I'm finally <laughs> getting it back. Thank you. You're most welcome. Is, does that book get the seal of approval? I think it's time to seal this program. Um, I've got to read this, or Dylan will have my job. Please read us, rate us on iTunes and leave a review. What's up with iTunes anyway? Isn't something goofy happening with the iTunes store? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, Please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. It help, And don't review the set. I've explained that already. It helps us grow the podcast. If you'd like to send us a question, uh, you'll be the first. <laughs> uh, you can email Rob at rvanstoneatpostmedia.com and we'll read it on the show. For Murray McCormick, for Dylan Aris, I don't remember my name at the moment. Thanks for being with us. And we will do this again next week with a, with a special guest. Tip of the hat. Uh, I'm special. You're special too. A tip of the hat to Another all, yeah. special guest Alrighty. with some Rough Rider connections. Take care and uh, we'll talk to you next week.